Welcome and thanks for tuning in to Diving Deep with DL. In today's culture, one can almost talk about anything and not many get offended. But it seems when you say Bible, which is the Word of God, some conversations gel, but most separate like oil and water. Why do you think that is? Is it because most do not read it? Or feel inadequate to discuss it? Does a guilty conscience creep in because one knows they should be reading it? Or is it because of what God's Word is capable of doing in the hearts of humanity? That's pierce, divide, and judge. How else would you know what truth is? What will you use as your guide and reference? Believe me, deception is real. And you could be being deceived right now. Hey y'all, it's the Word of God. You got your tanks? Let's dive in. I titled this segment, The Bible, The Word of God. And as a disciple of Jesus, I would be remiss not to talk about one of the most important weapons in the disciples of Jesus' arsenal. I know this could come as a surprise to some, but there is a spiritual battle going on, y'all, and souls are at stake. God tells us the hows and the whys behind it, and most importantly, what we need to do, heck, be required and expected by God for his disciples to act when the battle comes into our purview. I'm certain if you're looking around, you should see it, but the question is, what will you do when you do see it, and most importantly, how will you act on the threat? You must believe there is a spiritual battle going on every minute of every day. And you've got to believe that this statement is true because God says it is. Now deception will tell you, nah, that's just all talk and may even attempt to get you to press the X right now. And you don't need to hear what DL's saying. Another deceptive strategy would be just to act like it doesn't exist and maybe it'll go away, or at least stay away from your camp. Well, it ain't going anywhere, and the truth is, we are all in it, believe it or not. So, what are you fighting with? Or are you just attempting to blend into your surroundings, and maybe the enemy will just pass you by? Or, because you're not fighting, you're really no threat to the enemy at all. But if you are not fighting, are you a friend or a foe of the enemy? That's why as disciples of Jesus, we need weapons in order to fight in this spiritual battle. This makes me want to go to God's word and read to you Ephesians 6.12. Ephesians 6.12 says, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in heavenly places. Our combat is not against typical human beings, although that would be on the surface because the surface is the most obvious. But this is where you could recognize the enemy is at work. But the truth It's really not the immoral, distorted, or unethical person. It's against the numerous levels, types, and degrees of evil spirits and demons in the heavenly, which exist above the surface. 
They exist because they serve the God of this world, Satan. Now, this is how deception works. Nah, that's not true. Don't believe him. We don't exist. So if they don't, then what weapon would you choose to fight with? But if they don't exist, then you don't need a weapon. But if they do exist, then what weapon would you use that would ensure victory more than defeat? Do you got one? I guess if it were physical, you could use a bat or a gun. But if it's spiritual, a bat or a gun is useless. So have you ever given any thought to how and when to combat evil that is existing in the spiritual realm? Well, I'm called to tell you, there's only one weapon, and it's God and his word. God's word is a sword. That would be why I called it a weapon earlier, because God calls it a weapon. He calls it the sword of the spirit. And as a sword of the spirit, it fights in spiritual battles. And you want to know something else critical to your own spiritual warfare? You're going to need armor. Now, I don't know if you get to choose your armor, but if you were going to choose armor, then you would need to put on the armor of God. In the next podcast, I'm going to be talking about the armor of God. But yes, you get to wear armor in in this battle as well, because you're going to be combating evil. And there is evil and spiritual warfare, so if you need a weapon, you're going to need armor. You see, these are the wonderful truths of God to know, and they are only found in his word. And not only does he give us the weapon, he also gives us the armor to dawn in our combat in these spiritual battles. Did you know you needed armor? How would you put it on? Have you put on the armor of God? These are a necessity as a disciple of Jesus to use in close combat with evil and deception. What would you use if evil or deception showed up at your front door? And the next thing you know, it's at your dinner table. What does evil look like? Could it be as harmless as expressions within the family that is opposed to God and his truths? Could it be forcing acceptance of sinful behavior so everyone can just get along and coexist? Could it be that a person's right to choose allows for termination of life because of what the inconveniences could bring to their life? Maybe if one is just trying to coexist with evil and sin, that recognizing the ostrich has a perfect strategy. I will ask you, how will you know the truth and what will you use to help you navigate in a world full of darkness, deception, evil, and sin? And you want to know some more truth? Evil is designed to keep you from experiencing the love of God. And not only that, to live in a growing, meaningful, enriching relationship with Him, especially coming to know and understand God's power, work, and will of Jesus Christ in and through your life. Could you be missing so much by imitating the ostrich? So, 
Are you going to live a life based on man's wisdom, falsehoods, misconceptions, and trial and error? Or are you going to dig into the truth that only comes from the source of life, and that's with a capital S, and it is the man and God, Jesus Christ? If we're going to survive and thus ultimately prevail, then we're going to need to have strength that's greater than our own. I don't know about you, but I've learned in my life as a disciple of Jesus thus far that my strength is really powerless against evil forces. The only way I can be strong and you can be strong is to be in Christ Jesus because God is the ultimate force over all, and it's only by his power can we overcome the influence and deception of wickedness that exists in heavenly places. And I'd like to insert this only speaking for myself. I'm not speaking for you, but I'm only speaking for me. That evil exists in me too. So how I need to overcome the evil that's within me as well. God also says that, but you got to read his book to get it. Would your perspective change? Would your responsibilities change? Would the way you respond change if you saw yourself as one of God's soldier or warrior versus just people waiting their turn to go to heaven and spend eternity with God? It's a battle, y'all. Are you in for it? If we are in a battle which involves spiritual warfare, then it makes perfect sense. We need to be spiritually and skillfully trained. What is the training material you will use to ensure you do make it home? It takes work, commitment, desire, fortitude, and a full reliance on God the Holy Spirit and His work to be good at God's calling as His disciple. I believe our struggle is difficult enough within the culture, and never ruling out our own selfishness. You add another element that's really not visible, yet is present, with the ultimate goal to keep us as disciples of Jesus away from God because of his goodness, because of his love, and because of how he is? How good does evil have to be? Let's look at what Jesus says and how he describes how we are to live as his disciple. It's Matthew 4.4. 4. It's one of my memory verses. It'd be a good one for you as well. And it's a great reminder of how we are to live. Matthew 4, 4 says, But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. A sure truth here is, Jesus is the Word made flesh. And when he walked on this planet, he demonstrated how we as his disciples are to live and if you're saying you are one of his disciples then he expects his disciples to read his word to know what he says in order to live it out i believe one of the greatest deceptions and illusions by the enemy is to convince someone that you really don't need to do anything to be a disciple of jesus 
how can you live as a disciple who follows Jesus without reading his teaching and knowing his commands? We all read something, and it could be for leisure, entertainment, work, or school. Can you remember the reading assignments you were given and could always tell the students who did read the assignments? And you could surely tell the others who didn't. You notice when the teacher asked the question and you saw the heads going down and the hands going up? Which one were you? I would hope you would say, I was the one who raised my hand. Well, I was the one that put my head down because I was one of the people who didn't read it. So why even go to class? But I guess if you want to graduate, you got to go to class. Am I the only one? Reading God's Word is really no different. If you read, study, and meditate on it, it will renew your mind, and you will find your words, thoughts, and actions changing right before your own eyes. And you can rest assured, others will see the changes too. Then you will find yourself growing in the knowledge of the only true God, and then you will see God the Holy Spirit beginning to illuminate your mind as he begins to teach you the deeper truths of God through his word. And then, of course, it makes me want to go to 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. What a wonderful passage. This is another one that you surely would want to have as a memory verse. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17 says, All scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be adequate and equipped for every good work. This is one of the most encouraging truths in God's word. And I want you to know there are millions of them as it removes the doubt of who is the author of this amazing work called the Bible. It confirms God's impact through his word and work on humanity. And I'm testifying it's truly incredible. Just think, it's profitable, meaning it's beneficial, rewarding, and valuable, and helpful and advantageous in your journey in this world as Jesus' disciple. You can teach others what you've been taught. I guess only the A students were the tutors. As you grew in your professional career, did you mentor anyone? Were you a preceptor or a leader and was asked to train a new person? Didn't you have the book or manual when you began? Or did you just tell them things that you knew, including the shortcuts? Don't they need to know the fundamentals or basics before they can build on the basic knowledge for them to grow and be a successful and useful vessel? How do you see your role as a disciple when asked? Well, God's word clearly communicates the role of disciples and that is to make disciples, other soldiers, who are other warriors. What book would you use that's more profitable than God's word? The truth? I don't think you could find one anywhere that encompasses all aspects of life. God's word is the best manual. 
If you need to be trained as a disciple of Jesus, and when trained, you will become adequate, able, equipped, prepared, armed, and ready for every, not just some, most, or even a lot. God says every good work. I'm here to testify to you what God says he means. You can count on that. Well, as we get ready to head back up to the surface, what I was referencing in the opening was actually Hebrews 4.12. And Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, and piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit, of both joints and marrow, and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Remember those words, sword, pierce, divide, and judge? Hey, these ain't my words. These are God's words. I suspect this may be a reason for not reading it. And I can understand that if you don't want to be accountable to God. But ultimately, you are accountable to God. But if you are saying you are a Christian, which would make you a disciple, then how would you justify to God that you don't find his word enriching enough for you to read it and apply it to your life while you walk on this planet? I know how I used to live, and quite frankly, my life was a cesspool of pus. My relationships with my family was really horrible. My marriage was on the rocks and almost destroyed by my sin. I was selfish, self-centered, arrogant, and condescending. My heart was full of bitterness, hatred, and anger. I was far from God. And now, I am truly thankful God has saved me and caused me to desire to read, study, and meditate on His Word every day. And no, I am eternally grateful He did. The forgiveness I've experienced from God and those that I love and love me, and forgiveness is one of the greatest expressions of love. This has brought a tremendous amount of love, joy, and happiness to me. The amazing relationships that have been developed and now are enriching my life, it's truly a blessing from God. You want to know something? You too can live not only a fulfilling life, but a life that is pleasing to God. Can I get an amen on the wonderful work of God in and through his word? Do you want to live a life that responds to God's truths so you can live a life he promises to give to those who love him and live by his words? Because his words are living as he is living and are active as his spirit is actively working in you. There is no better way to live. Believe me, I'm telling you the truth. I hope there are those who are encouraged by this talk today. And I would expect even some may have been convicted today. No, it's God who desires for you to grow as a disciple, 
ultimately. And I have that same desire as well. That's why I'm responding to the calling he placed on my life. But if you were convicted, then praise God. And don't go blaming yours truly because you feel it. No, it's a good thing as the Spirit of God is the one handling that task. I'm just a mouthpiece carrying out my assignment. Amen. Please know there are many passages that I could have talked about today. And as I've said to you, I value your time because it is a valuable commodity. And I appreciate what time you are giving to me. But with so many passages and so many that apply to our life, the circumstances we're living through, and quite frankly, the trials we face, and the spiritual battles, that could be one reason as to why we should have God's Word as our daily bread, just like the meal you have to start your day. Your breakfast feeds your physical body, and God's Word feeds your spiritual as it is the nourishment and sustenance you will need to make it through the day. You should know it's the only book that has withstood the test of time and the evil that has attempted to destroy it. You know, as a disciple of Jesus, you will need to know what God is requiring of you as a soldier. Listen to this. It's 2 Timothy 2.4 and it says no soldier in active service entangles himself in the affairs of everyday life so he may please the one who enlisted him as a soldier. God calls us to be active participants actively working as a soldier actively working as a warrior fighting for the truth of God as his disciple. Do you live a life that is pleasing to God? Because he's the one that enlisted you as a soldier. You got your armor on and the sword of the spirit in your hand? Come on, y'all. Let's get in the battle. Let me pray for you. Abba, we love you and we thank you for today. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Abba, your word is truly amazing. Because as the word, your word says, in the beginning was the word and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. If we didn't have your word today, we truly wouldn't know truth. We really wouldn't know how to live. We wouldn't know how to combat evil. And as I just pray for these listeners today, that you would just fan the flame, create a desire within them to read, study, and meditate on your word, and your word would renew their mind and transform their lives. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Again, thanks for tuning in to Diving Deep with DL. And as I said, I'm going to go into the second part of the uh, armor of God. And I think you will enjoy 
seeing it from a perspective that is pretty easy to understand. The means of communication with you is wonderful opportunity God has given me to be the disciple he has called me to be and reach out and touch you where you are. Amen? Hey, listen, if you want to have dialogue about God's Word, contact me at walkingtheway3 at gmail.com. The Lord's loving kindness indeed never cease, for His compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Have a great week of worship and keep walking the way.